Hello, and welcome back to Think Yourself Healthy Podcast. I'm your host, Heather Barbieri. Before we dive into this episode, I just want to remind you that if you take a screenshot that you're listening and tag us on Instagram, we'll send you a 15% off discount for the eight-week Retrain Your Brain program. Just take a screenshot and tag me at Heather Barbieri RDN. Thanks for listening, and let's get right to it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Think Yourself Healthy. Today, I have a special guest, Matt Snulin, whom uh, we're here to talk all things mindset and brain health. So I'm excited to have Max here as a guest. I'm uh, interested to hear his story and what brought him down this pathway. And I'm sure the listeners are going to be as intrigued as well. So Max, thank you so much for being with us today. My pleasure. My pleasure. Fabulous. So Max, can you tell me a little bit about your background and kind of what got you interested in all things brain and mindset? Yeah, I'll try to do it in um, not too long, not too long version. I'll give the the medium. We have all the time. Okay. I'll start at the beginning then. Perfect. Um, So when I was really young, I was interested in martial arts. I started when I was six years old. And I think in particular, I was interested in the the mindset that goes into martial arts, you know, at the beginning of every class, they have you sit down and practice meditation for a few minutes, center your mind, focus on what you're about to do and mm-hmm. leave the rest of the day behind. So this became like a, uh, you know, multiple times a week practice as a young kid and in martial arts, a lot of what you do is based around your ability to focus, right? Mm-hmm. It's really like an explicit skill that you practice is the mindset of focus. So all through my childhood, really interested in, in mindset and how that influences performance and then dovetailed into martial arts sometimes as different Eastern philosophies. So I remember I got this little uh, book about Zen meditation that was like designed for kids. Um, and I had that for years. So I got like an introduction into different Eastern philosophies and in high school became interested in psychology uh, and the power of your mind to change your perception. And mm-hmm. so from the background of martial arts and mindset and psychology, I ended up studying cognitive science for my undergrad and focused primarily on philosophy and psychology, some neuroscience, mm-hmm. and ended up uh, working at a company where we helped to educate psychotherapists, nurses, doctors about mind-body medicine, about different Um, emerging research around mindfulness, which at the time was brand new. This was like 2007, 2008. Mm -hmm. And after school, ended up working in one of those labs where we did fMRI studies, looking at how eight weeks of meditation impacts the structure and function of the brain, how it impacts different emotional uh, and cognitive outcomes, and then uh, made my way through a few different other research labs, mostly focusing on invasive neurotechnology. I told you this is the long version. No, I love it. Back to grad school, um, where I continued down this path of human development, studying how people change over their lifetimes, how their mindsets change over their lifetimes. And after grad school, found my way into the startup, uh, which eventually um, spawned um, FocusCom. I love it. No, this is a fascinating story. And, you know, as you're telling this story, my brain's going to all these places and, and thinking of all of these questions. So the first one, I guess, is what, you know, what influenced you getting into martial arts? How, how were you uh, drawn down that pathway first and foremost? 
Um, if you ask my parents, they'll say Power Rangers. Okay. So you, it was uh, something that yeah. you had a curiosity about that encouraged mom and dad to, you know, find options for you. Yeah, there's a, there's a, as the story goes, uh, my first grade teacher um, called my mom in the middle of the day, which I think maybe concerned her a little bit. And the teacher let her know, no, Max is fine. He was just <laughs> meditating outside during recess. And we thought you ought to know. Right, this is whatever, 25 years ago. Uh -huh. um, so I think there was something in me that really liked this this stuff or gravitated towards it. Mm -hmm. um, so if it was Power Rangers or it was just my kind of natural inclination, I happen to like martial arts. I, maybe I liked the Kung Fu movies that my dad put on. Who knows? Um, sounds, yeah, like, sounds like you had a, a pretty strong consciousness from very early on that you were connected to and, and allowed to be kind of the guiding voice. Yeah, or I just thought like it looked cool. Who knows? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, this is this is awesome. So ultimately, this you know this curiosity brings you down this pathway, introduces you to all of these different sciences and evidence based practices that you can logically legitify and mm -hmm. see the uh, importance in incorporating into our everyday practice. So you, you're kind of one of the pioneers, especially in the startup industry. Kind of tell, tell me, talk to the audience a little bit about um, Focus Calm. What the hell sure. is Focus Calm? Yeah. So Focus Calm is a brain sensing headband and app that helps you learn to focus and calm your mind. Okay. Different guided meditations and brain games. And the okay. benefit of the headband is that we can measure the electrical signals coming from your brain. So the sensors are placed on your forehead and kind of like a heart rate monitor for your mind, mm -hmm. you passively detect these signals and are able to tell, does someone look like they're in a state of relaxation? Does someone look like their mind is really active, maybe stressed or anxious? And we quantify it from zero to 100. So you see this number second by second on the app. And mm -hmm. then through the different games and trainings and lessons that we have in the app, you learn how to control your mind, control your mindset, and you can actually see it in, the, in your focus calm score as you develop the skill. Oh, wow. So how long ago was this technology developed? How long has this been on the market? So we started developing the core technology for this um, seven years ago. Okay. And we uh, went through a couple different applications um, in some different industries and landed on Focus Calm uh, two years ago is when we formally launched this product. So in okay. 2021. Okay. So what my, you know, what I'm thinking is with this specific product, this has been developed based on a lot of the barriers that keep people from being able to sit down and condition themselves to be avid and consistent meditators. Is that correct? Totally. We're telling okay. the people that need the evidence that like the numbers. Exactly. Well, and, and I think that, you know, as a human race, we've kind of gotten to a point where we have been so conditioned to be operating nonstop in that central nervous system response that we are so addicted to it. We don't know how to get out of it. So trying to have the discipline is almost impossible, right? Mm, it's like, point. It's it's almost impossible because it's it goes against our natural state of safe and alive at this point in our existence. Mm -hmm. So I love the fact that you know you guys are being really proactive 
looking at what practices are out there and then trying to come up with some creative solutions on how mm -hmm. to, in a sense, retrain, rewire the brain, which will ultimately impact the nervous system and then allow mm -hmm. us to essentially exist in almost a new reality, right? A new safe yeah. and alive. So this is awesome. Um, how lucky are you to be behind such a cool, you know, cool movement, um, cool technology that has immense potential? Yeah, I think for a lot of people, it only makes sense in the rearview mirror. So the story I told sounds coherent, but in the moment, it's like, what the hell am I going to do next? Like, what, you know, what, what's my purpose? Where should I go? I mean, I, I feel this now still, but when you look back, you're able to connect these dots. Um, and yeah, the, the work that we're doing uh, is well connected to the things that I've been passionate about my whole life. Yeah, well, and I think in a sense, you're kind of an anomaly, you know, a child who was really um, secure about what they needed and made ways to incorporate that into their being. And for many kids, they don't have that kind of confidence to uh, be able to speak those needs and seek those kinds of solutions. So it's yeah. great that you've had the ability to on one sense, experience the discipline that it truly requires and how early in age we need to start that conditioning to be mm -hmm. able to get an individual to the point that you're currently mm -hmm. at, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, I yeah, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, um, um, yes, and I think the fact that I was able to find practices that I liked and that mm -hmm. I enjoyed was huge. And it's something yeah. that we think about at Focus Calm. Meditation isn't going to be for everyone, but well, you don't have to only do meditation. Well, I think that at this point in our existence, we are really resistant to the act of meditation because it does mm. go so much against our natural state of safe and alive. And for right. so many of us, we're so conditioned to be in these chronic states of, you know, perceived stress that when we try to sit down, I know I can tell you firsthand for myself that back in the you know mid 2000s, when I was going through graduate school, um, my professors were saying to me, Heather, no one can maintain this level of perfectionism and expectation. Like you need to start meditating. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then I ended up getting cancer and realizing, oh, maybe I need to take that into consideration. Like maybe there's something to that, right? And so I would sit down and try and engage in that practice. And I would feel so much discomfort within my physical being that I could not sit and engage. And so that was a very unsafe, you know, approach for me to try and learn how to re-regulate re my nervous system. Yeah. And I think that if we tangibly have something to anchor to, it makes it a lot more... Um, likely that we'll continue to engage in that practice. And that's what I assume, you know, this product is really going to help support people with is that tangible piece of walking them through the actions, getting that neuroplasticity to start mm -hmm. responding and then growing those pathways that then become new behaviors. Totally. And I think um, that's so spot on um, for people who don't want to meditate. There mm -hmm. are so many other ways to get the benefits of being more focused and calm. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what we view focus calm as is a toolbox. 
for people mm-hmm. to try different things. They can try the neurofeedback games that they control with their brain. They can try the executive function tasks that work on their memory, sustained attention. They can do breathing exercises. Maybe meditation is for them. But like you're saying, it grounds it in the score so you can mm-hmm. actually see what's happening. And and the whole experience um, is designed, if you want, to be eyes open. So mm-hmm. doing eyes closed meditation can be really overwhelming. But if you mm-hmm. want to play a brain game where you're still training yourself to get into that state and your eyes are open, that can be a much better fit for a lot of people. Yeah. So I'm going to have a fully transparent moment here. Okay. Right. Initially, when I was introduced to you and the product, I had a bit of resistance with like, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is in alignment with the podcast. This feels really, really AI-ish. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I personally am very fearful of AI's potential if it's not managed appropriately. So I had asked for uh, a little more information about you and the product and everything. And I was really impressed with the feedback that I got, which in the end was like a hell yes. This guy is absolutely in alignment with the listeners and my audience and what the podcast is all about. So um Fully transparent moment there. You know, I did have some resistance, but it was because of that AI piece. And I realized Mm -hmm. that ultimately where we are, AI isn't going anywhere and we have to find healthy ways to embrace it and integrate it into the human experience because it is a part of who we have become at this point. My fear is that it will completely consume us if we're not, you know, careful with drawing boundaries. So I'm curious with all of this data that's being collected with these devices, um, what are you guys doing with all this data? Where's it going and how is it being used? We actually don't, we save nearly none of it. Okay. The only data that we save would be like the data when you play Candy Crush and and I don't even know if this is true for Candy Crush, but by way of an example, (laughs) Maybe they know what games you played. They know how long you played it for, um, but that's about it. So we're okay. curious to know what meditations people like, what games people like, but all the uh, processing of your of your score happens between your phone and the headband. Okay. Um, but we're not saving uh, any brain data. Actually, okay. it's kind of it's kind of interesting. Like we don't really have much use for it. Typically, okay. if you want to um, have useful data. It needs to oftentimes be collected in a really well-controlled environment, mm-hmm. like a research lab, where you're making sure the quality is good. That you know, if you're trying to study a certain a certain thing that that's really well defined, you know, maybe it's a certain task you're giving somebody, like a math problem. You want to see what their brain activity is like when they're doing the math problem. Um, so, from our perspective, one, it may not be super useful to us, mm-hmm. uh, so we don't want it. Two, um, we rather people get the benefit of the app. And so, again, we don't need the data for people to get the benefit of the app. And we want people to feel super comfortable, you mm-hmm. know, which is why we've done all the safety testing. It's why we don't save all that data. Um, we're really focused on um, the practice of mindset training to help people be more focused and calm. And so we made some businesses, business decisions to, to reinforce that goal. Oh, that's beautiful. I love I love integrity. That's always a, a good quality to have. So kind of tell me what the mission of Focus Calm is and is, is, you know, do you see this expanding? Like, is this just the beginning of something much, much bigger? Kind of talk to mm-hmm. me a little bit about what you see, what that vision and mission is. Yeah. Ugh. 
So one thing that um, we've noticed is we get a lot of different types of people using focus calm. Okay. Going into it, we assumed we got our start um, with a lot of high level elite athletes, uh, mm -hmm. particularly like formula one race car drivers and different Olympic athletes and things like that. And our inspiration was to bring this type of mindset training that helps athletes be calm under pressure into the lives of people who may not be playing professional sports, but like, heck yeah, our people's lives are stressful. Most people's lives are stressful. Mm -hmm. So can we help uh, teach people how to relax their mind and face difficult situations with a, a more centered mindset? Yeah. Um, so our assumption was, you know, maybe we'll get people who are like more type A, maybe we'll get people again, more of those like athlete types. But what we've, what we've seen is all different types of people end up using focus calm. So, um, you know, people with stressful jobs, you know, nurses, lawyers, uh, we've had truck drivers, we've had different stock traders, but then we also have people who uh, do come from the meditation background, but they want some sort of uh, feedback to what they're doing, or maybe they want to explore their mindset training in different ways. Um, mm -hmm. And of course we have the, the different athletes. We have teachers using it. Um, you know, we have students, um, using it in certain situations too. Mm -hmm. And so the, the lesson or the, the thing that I think is true for us is it's a platform to allow people to find the practices that matter to them in a measurable way. Mm -hmm. And so big picture, if we kind of take that theme and, and go forward in time, I see, a, I see a world where people are doing validated practices that are personalized to them. And they're getting measurable results and they're seeing that feedback. And we, we already have that with Focus Calm. But mm -hmm. if, if the question is like, what is the vision? Like, where are we going? It's towards a reality where people have yeah these personalized practices that work for them in the moment, in the context of the, the time and place that they're living. That's going to help them in that moment, mm -hmm. uh, again, in a measurable and scientific way. That's what we want to achieve. And right now, the, the headband is the, the form factor. Uh, okay. But I wouldn't be surprised if in the future there's different form factors of these types of devices that are even um, uh, more useful. Okay. So let's go a little more in depth into this technology and and kind of some more of the specifics behind it. So in terms of like time investment on a daily basis, what are we looking at? Yeah. About 15 minutes. Okay. Uh, and 15 minutes to start. Okay. And so ideally, is it to be 15 minutes where you're uninterrupted and you put the headband on, you sit down and you kind of have a session? Or is it something that we can use while we're on the go trying to multitask and do all the things? So the key is to get into a relaxed mindset for seven minutes per day. And so okay. the reason why I say 15 minutes is out of 15 minutes of playing games, meditating, doing the different breathing exercises, uh, you'll probably get um, close to hitting that seven minute goal. If you okay. get really efficient, maybe it only takes you seven minutes because you can stay in that relaxed mindset. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it can be spread out throughout the day with people doing it, you know, before bed or sometimes right when they wake up or um, some people will put it on and do different tasks to see if they can get their brains that relaxed state. Okay. So with these, I'm, I'm assuming they're frequencies that you're measuring. Is that correct? In terms of what is being... Um emanated from the brain based on the different games and act interactions that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so again, the, the headband is passively detecting what your brain's giving off. Mm -hmm. And if you're really frenetic or you're really active, you're really busy, you can imagine your brain activity looks different 
than if you're really relaxed or really meditative. Mm -hmm. And so we're picking up on those differences and then quantifying what state it looks like you're in, either active state or relaxed state. The uh, difference between maybe what some people know about brainwaves and our approach is this. Oftentimes, uh, brainwaves are talked about uh, as frequency bands, so mm -hmm. delta, theta, alpha, beta, and gamma. And there are algorithms out there that use these frequency bands and compare them to understand what state someone's in. So for example, if there's more uh, beta activity than alpha activity uh, in the ratio, and that ratio is going up, it might indicate you know higher attention or maybe higher stress. Um, but in that algorithm that we'll call it, the beta activity and alpha activity. It's looking at two different features, the relationship between two different features. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also assuming that this beta uh, brainwaves means the same thing for everyone. So okay. we took a different, more advanced approach. And instead of imposing our assumptions about these frequency bands, we let the data tell us uh, what features in the signal are important for quantifying this state. And what okay. that means is we had... Um, we collected hundreds of samples of people doing different types of tasks, some really relaxing, some really engaging, some quite uh, cognitively difficult tasks. Mm -hmm. And we looked at all the raw data, the raw EEG data we got from these, um, from these experiments. And we found the features in the signal, or we could say the pattern in the signal that is really common when people are in these high states of engagement or when these people are in these states of relaxation. And so instead of imposing our assumptions about the data, we let the data tell us what's important to quantify these different states. And instead of using two features, you know, we use over a thousand features in the raw signal every second to quantify um, the focus comp score. Okay. So does this take into consideration any kind of heart rate variability, any kind of like oxygen rate kind of are what other metrics outside of just the brain waves are being measured and taken into consideration? So focus calm, it purely focuses on the electrical activity that your brain's, okay. your brain's producing or that we're able to pick up from your forehead. So there's no um, uh, heart-based metrics or any, anything like that. It's purely just based on your brain activity. Okay. All right. So we're looking at about a 15-minute day time investment. And ideally, is this something that we want to do daily for like the rest of our lives? Yeah. It's like... um. Uh, I was going to say it's like riding a bike, but maybe that that uh, analogy is too cliche. It's like learning any skill. Um, if you were didn't know how to play basketball, it might take you a couple of weeks to to get some proficiency to get kind of good at basketball. But then if you don't play for a year, you're still going to retain some of those skills. Um, and the same thing is true for any skill, and that includes mindset training. So mm -hmm. um, it's helpful to keep on practicing over time, but you can retain benefit if you can accumulate enough practice. What we have seen is after finishing uh, 20 to 25 sessions, the people who can get those, those sessions under their belt, they're the ones that start to see um, significant improvements in their anxiety, uh, improvements in their well-being reductions in burnout are the people who can accumulate at least 20 to 25 sessions. And then of course, the more you practice, the better you're going to improve at this skill of being calm throughout the day, being calm under pressure. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what we see. And these sessions can be spread out. It doesn't have to be every day.
Okay. It can be a few times per week. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the threshold that we see for, for seeing the results. Okay. So as you're, you know, kind of explaining this process, what, what I'm hearing is that, um, ultimately this is all about building resilience, right? It's about building that resilience piece. And after engaging in the practice consistently over X amount of time, you know, we have this new neuroplasticity that supports this new state of being that becomes habitual and it almost becomes addictive, right? This is our new state of um, safe and alive, which is all based in, you know, rest and digest, which is a, a beautiful place to be. So I would assume that the earlier we can start getting individuals to engage with this tool, the better off we are as a collective. So what kind of age range is this targeting? What is this designed and, and focused on? We primarily focus on adults, okay. Uh, but we do have people who will buy this for their kids. Okay. And in fact, we've done research uh, with children who had attention issues and we're able to show how uh, combining focus training and relaxation training can have a positive impact on their attention attention issues, but also has a positive impact on any other emotion related issues that mm-hmm. sometimes go with um, go with the attention issues. Yeah. So while we've designed it for um, and and talked to adults, it certainly can be used uh, with kids. Okay. I'm sitting here thinking to myself, man, I wish when I was a kid, this was my time out. I would have had to like take 15 minutes and, you know, go yeah. and sit in the corner with my focus calm rather than yeah. have to stare at the wall and count down, and we, we staring at all schools. my siblings. Yeah. yeah I mean, ultimately, yeah. I mean, ultimately I see a lot of potential here in terms mm-hmm. of really uh, behavior retraining and giving us the the base for what we need to be able to build that resilience, start operating in a place of rest and digest from that parasympathetic nervous system. And that in general will help reduce disease, inflammation, increase focus, concentration, productivity, you know, health and well-being. Yeah. And ultimately, I think that that's what we're going to have to do because the pace that we're at, um, it's just, it's destroying humanity and it's really taking a toll on the kids, you know, with um, our focus on academic performance starting at such a young age and, and then in getting in, you know, these kids engaged in competitive sports and extracurricular activities, the amount of bombardment their nervous systems have with having to do, do, do and perform, mm-hmm. perform, perform at such a young age, um, in my opinion, just really taxes the nervous system, the endocrine mm-hmm. system, hormone balance, and then has negative consequences long term. So this is great. Um so ultimately, this is something that you could see being incorporated into school systems starting in, you know, early childhood. Yeah, we actually have a division of our company that uses the same headband and combines it with a, a website that mm-hmm. gives students the opportunity to do neuroscience experiments and okay. learn about the brain um, in a way that can fulfill certain curriculum requirements that they might need to meet anyways in middle school or high school. 
and it gives them the opportunity if the school wants to, to provide them with the focus calm application so that they can do the brain training as well. Yeah, there's maybe uh, work with about 500 schools across the country. That education division is called NeuroMaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have all this different types of curriculum that go over the neuroscience and the AI things and um, mm-hmm. help students understand understand themselves better. Oh, that's awesome. How exciting is it for you to, um, I would imagine that, you know, where we're at right now and so much focus being put on mental health and really trying to teach yeah. people how to incorporate restorative practice for increased physical, mental, and emotional well-being, um, how exciting is it to like get to be in this moment and be one of those pioneers, you know, in creating these tools that are going to create such benefit moving forward that's going to help sustain humanity. And um, in my opinion, this evolutionary period that we're currently in, um, this is essential focus that we have to uh, really pay attention to if we want to build survival skills in the long run. Yeah. Um, I feel very lucky. Uh, and I think you're right about them being vital because our mindset is at the center. Mm-hmm. It's like the flashlight that's looking out at the world and the quality of your flashlight is going to determine how well you can see and how well you can see is going to determine if you trip and fall or if you're able to navigate around the world. Absolutely. So the it's really at the center of uh, you know, my perspective is um, it's at the center of, of of kind of who we are. So mm-hmm. shouldn't we ought to pay attention to it? And I think the trap that people fall into is thinking that there's nothing they can do about it. They don't know. Oh, yeah, of course I can work out my body. I know what exercise is. Yeah, I probably should eat healthier. I know that will help, but maybe that's that's kind of hard. But people don't know that there's, you know, a third leg to the stool besides, you know, diet and, and exercise. And I, I guess I'm being a little simplistic by saying there's only three legs here, but Uh, Just to make the point that there's another aspect of taking care of yourself and improving yourself. And that comes down to mindset training or mind training. And there's there's so many ways to do it. Well, and I think that this is such a vital piece, like a, a, a major focus piece, because the bottom line is we're getting programmed and conditioned through mindset everywhere, <laughs> like anywhere, everywhere we are being influenced in one way or another. So why not empower ourselves to take control of that influence and then yeah. allow it to create the reality that we ultimately desire? I know for myself, I grew up um, a very insecure individual with a lot of limiting beliefs, uh, grew up in a lot of trauma, a lot of chaos. And as a result of that, it kept me on edge. You know, as a young child, I did not sleep well. I got diagnosed learning disability very early on, um, ended up, you know, ultimately uh, having depression, anxiety as early as 11, being medicated um, and just going down this pathway that ultimately led to drug, you know, drug use as a way to check out from my reality that was you know, encompassed in so much misery. So if we had, if I would have had a tool like this back in those days, I can only imagine how different the journey could have been and how much sooner I could have had, uh, you know, outcomes that were beneficial to save me from some pain and suffering. 
But ultimately it took me, you know, around 42 years, I'm 40, I'll be 47, but it took me about 42 years to really understand the importance of having to take personal responsibility for that retraining, for that rewiring of our brain and incorporating that restorative practice in a way that worked for me. And it took a lot of trial and error. So I love the fact that you guys have created this one tool that has the capacity to explore so many different outlets with the one tool to kind of see which one fits for individuals. I, I, I mean, in my opinion, it sounds like you guys have really done a good job of identifying a lot of the barriers that keep people from being able to do this work and achieve the results. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the idea. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting stuff. That is, you know, it's 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 definitely exciting stuff. So what kind of financial investment are we looking at with this um, Focus Calm? Is this, you know, is it a one-time purchase? Is it, are there monthly fees? Because I think that for a lot of people, these are some of the things that keep us from, yeah. you know, making empowered choices to engage in some of these newer technology. And the other thing is, is there's so many freaking options. I could get out my bank Gadget. of different yeah. gadgets, yeah. right, yeah. that I have uh, embraced. And yeah. um, we can talk about, you know, which ones are used and which ones aren't. So kind of talk to me a little bit about the intent there and, and what that yeah. financial investment kind of looks like. We tried to make the barrier to entry as low as possible. Okay. So the headband is $199. Okay. And then right. give people options on what type of membership they want. So if you just want to get your, your feet wet, you can get a monthly membership for uh, $9.99 through the app store. Okay. Um, if you want uh, a year, it's going to be $70. Or you can get a lifetime membership uh, for $149. So okay. if you wanted to look at it at the biggest option, it's about $350. It's a lifetime membership to the app. You have the headband. It's everything that mm -hmm. you need. You're never going to pay anything more. Okay. Um, and we'll set up a, a discount code for um, for your listeners as well. So they can oh, get a discount on that lifetime awesome. membership and, uh, and headband bundle. So yeah, the idea well, was- we appreciate to, that. Of course. Yeah. I, you know, the more the merrier. We want people to use this. We want people to try it. Um, so that was the thought going into mm -hmm. the pricing. I love this. Yeah. I mean, I, in my opinion, I see so many different ways that this kind of tool could be utilized. I specifically work in education with mental health and substance abuse. And there's, you know, so much potential right there in that demographic and industry um, that would help immensely. So yeah. th this is exciting. Um, so. Outside of, of this, anything else exciting going on in Max's life? Anything fun that you're you're doing, planning? So my wife and I have one son uh, who's a year and a half. Oh. And we are welcoming our second child probably in the next uh, five weeks, four or five weeks. Congratulations. Uh, we don't know what it is. It's going to be a surprise like we did with the first one, but that is obviously the most exciting thing happening for, for me right now. I would say the least. That's yeah. very yeah. exciting. Well, congratulations yeah. to you, you guys yeah. and best wishes. So, um, I'm sure that, you know, this, I have two myself, mine are, mine are much older, 27 and 22 now, which is hard to wow. believe. 
wish that we would have had this kind of technology when they were young. But the exciting thing is it's available now. So, um, well, that's really cool. And, and I wish you guys, your family, the best Thank with you. all of that. Thank you. And I'm curious, so at what age will you start utilizing this in your own family? <laughs> I think and it, it can be off yeah. record. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I don't believe the headband will fit Cooper's uh, one and a half year old body. Um, I think we need to wait until he's a little bit older. But um, as it relates to like, uh, you know, mindset and things like this, I think there's um, probably the most important thing is to model it right? Mm -hmm. Like you could probably, you can definitely teach kids these skills. Um, and I'm, I will, uh, explore them with Cooper to see if he finds them in my next child, see if they find them interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, but like even like walks in nature, right. And mm -hmm. just like appreciating the slowness of things, um, and appreciating and savoring moments like that, that activates this kind of peaceful feeling and this down regulation without needing to have a formal meditation practice. So, I haven't thought about it a lot, but my perspective right now is I love my meditation practices. And I love mm -hmm. everything that I do. So I'm obviously going to continue that. Hope to model it, model those behaviors the best I can. But as it relates to explicit things, you know, my plan right now is just to expose them to these nice, peaceful moments and, and see, see where it goes. So I'm curious, have you guys incorporated any kind of practices with the unborn baby? Ha has there been any kind of intentional practices gone into trying to influence mindset, nervous yeah. system up to this point? Um, nothing beyond just um, uh, sweet talking the, the little one. Okay. Uh, yeah. Messages which is, of love. Which is beautiful. And is this something that your wife personally uses? Does she use this tool? It's funny. Um, I, like I'm Mr. Meditation. That's kind of maybe a, a silly way of putting it, but like, I love everything mindset. Like that's my, you know, my passion. I love learning about these different techniques and different traditions and, and obviously practicing them too. Uh, and my wife is um, way more like grounded and way more practical. So she accesses these things um, more likely through yoga, something that's okay. a bit more physical of a practice where like, I'm mm -hmm. happy, you know, going into la la land in my meditation or whatever. Um, uh, she, she accesses these things in a much more, a much more physical way. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I think, I think, uh, focus calm is more of, um, uh, maybe more in my wheelhouse than hers. Okay. All right. Well, that's going to be exciting to see what this second child shall be like and what it shall bring and bless yeah. you with. But, you know, I am curious. So for the individual who's not ready to commit to yeah. a financial purpose, you know, purchase type thing, yeah. how can you encourage them to start exploring some of these avenues for yeah. focusing on mindset and incorporating yeah. more restorative practice? Like, what do yeah. you suggest or recommend for people to explore? Yeah. Um, I would give I would give an analogy first which is when it comes to physical exercise, some people love running, some people don't. Mm -hmm. Some people love lifting weights, some people don't. So, you know, some people like yoga or calisthenics. So it's understandable that people are going to be drawn towards or prefer different types of practices for both physical fitness and also mental fitness. Mm -hmm. So the, the thing that I would say, I would say to people is um, try to discover the practices that you like. 
there's so much more than just, you know, uh, regular or what I'm calling regular meditation. There's so many different practices. There's so many different breathing protocols. There's so many different visualization practices. There's different walking meditations. There's different traditions of meditations. Um, and then there's more like what I might call Western approaches, right? There's like sports and performance psychology, which gets at a lot of these concepts, sometimes through related practices, sometimes not. But there's all these different access points to um, to finding a mindset practice that works for you. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that, you know, maybe starting on focuscom.com is a way to start to understand what these practices can look like, how you might be able to combine them. But my encouragement is to, to find a practice that works for you. You know, if you go to the gym and you get on the elliptical and you're like, mm, this is not for me, you're not going to give up going to the gym necessarily. Maybe you do, but you're not necessarily <laughs> going to do that. You're going to try a different piece of equipment or you're going to take a class or you're going to do. So the, the encouragement that I give people is to try different things and find the mindset practice that they like. I think that's the most important thing because then you're mm -hmm. going to get established consistency and consistency is the way that you succeed at learning any new skill. Oh, absolutely. You are a, vi a very, very wise one, my friend, and you are mm. a wealth of knowledge, which is, you know, very exciting to have an opportunity to chat with you and, and hear your personal story and kind of what brought you to this place to uh, help bring something so tangible to Thanks, society Sarah. to use as a tool. So where can the audience connect with you? How can they learn more about you? Yeah, so focuscom.com uh, is the best place to go. Um, all right. And you can learn all about the product and, and everything that we do. Awesome. And I assume that you will send me whatever that discount code will be. Yes, and then that we'll way the I can code. Absolutely. I can put that in the show notes and then also um, connect the website so that it makes yep. it we'll really easy for the audience to find you. So any last thoughts that you want to leave the audience with um, yeah. in terms of exploring mindset and just kind of giving them a little hope and inspiration for what is possible? Yeah. yeah. Uh, your mind is special. Um, it allows you to do all the things that you love in your life. And you have, you have a direct line of impact to making it the way that you want. And the way you do that is through different practices, even if it's just for a couple minutes a day. Mm. So find something that you like and give it a try and see if you can stick with it and you will make a change to your life that will impact everything that you do. I love it. The reality is, is that our mindset creates our reality. So the more time and attention we put into retraining and redeveloping that narrative will be the result of the outcomes in which we experience on the daily. Yes. Love that. Yes. I love it. Super exciting. Well, Max, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure mm -hmm. chatting with you. And I appreciate all of your work and dedication to the industry and all things cognitive health, because God knows we need some guidance and support. It was my pleasure. It really, really was. Thank you. Well, Andy. thank you again. You take care. Thanks for listening to the Think Yourself Healthy podcast. Do me a favor. And if you loved this episode, please go leave a review. Reviews help make sure that this content reaches more people so that we can continue to heal as a collective. Remember to take a screenshot that you're listening and tag us on Instagram at Heather Barbieri RDN for a 15% discount on the Retrain Your Brain program. See you next time.